You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I honestly don't know what I'm more happy about. The fact that the Sacramento Kings finally got their first win in the Orlando bubble or that I get to be in a good positive mood here on the Locked On Kings podcast. Either way, I'm fired up because the Sacramento Kings finally got a check in the win column defeating the New Orleans Pelicans 140-125. to No, that's not an overtime final score. That's in regulation as the Sacramento Kings scored 49 points in just the first quarter. We have plenty to talk about with this game. Of course, a lot of you are instantly going to be back in and interested in the playoff race in the Western Conference. I'm going to reluctantly uh, give you updates on that. It's all coming on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast presented by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for over the last five years. This is my sixth season covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist slash reporter. And it feels good to be in a good mood. Now, not everything is forgiven. I haven't forgotten what the Kings have already put us through this week alone, but doing three straight episodes, angry Matt George on Monday, depressed and exhausted Matt George on Tuesday, and then uncomfortably real and honest Matt George yesterday. Uh, It feels good here on a Thursday to just celebrate a Sacramento Kings victory, even if in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean that much. Even if the Kings' chances at the playoffs are slim to almost none, who cares? The Kings got a win, and they did so in a game, an important game, against a team that they are directly racing against here in the Western Conference. Now, it also makes you upset that the Kings weren't able to win games like uh, Tuesday's loss in overtime to the Dallas Mavericks because two and two feels a whole lot better and looks a whole lot better than one and three. But honestly, the Kings have a good chance to be two and three by the end of this work week as tomorrow they will take on a very beatable Brooklyn Nets team. It just feels good uh, for Sacramento to finally get a win under their belts and to win a game in the fashion that they did is very encouraging. They look like the better team, even though I would say on paper, New Orleans has the better squad. The Kings look like the better team from start to finish. And even though at times this game was close, for the most part, watching it as a viewer, it didn't really feel close. I went on a podcast with the New Orleans Pelicans or or a podcast that covers the New Orleans Pelicans for Bleacher Report and SB Nation a couple days ago. It was the same day, the same afternoon following uh, the Kings' loss to uh, the Mavericks and I was not in a good mood. I was not in a great place. You obviously heard that uh, listening to the Locked on Kings podcast. There wasn't too much optimism uh, in regards to the Sacramento Kings. So that was a very negative interview overall. Um, not, Not that I didn't enjoy it and not that the the podcast hosts and the guys I spoke to uh, they were great but 
my outlook on the Kings was just not very positive. So I'm, I'm sure from a Pelicans perspective, listeners probably enjoyed that podcast because the, the Sacramento guest who talks about the Kings on the radio and in podcast form uh, for a living was really, really down on the team. So I'm sure the Pelicans, at least those Pelicans fans that listened to that podcast, went into this game thinking, okay, the Pelicans have a really good chance to get their second win here and really get themselves on track and back into the conversation. I can only imagine what the mood is like in New Orleans right now after losing that game to the Kings uh, and now falling all the way to the bottom of the bubble. It's the technically the Kings, the Pelicans, uh, and the Suns as of right now uh, are tied with identical records, but the Suns are well on their way to a victory here today to go 4-0 and in the bubble, which is absolutely absurd. They're beating uh, the Indiana Pacers pretty significantly. They're up almost 20 points in the fourth quarter last I checked. Uh, so the Suns more than likely are going to uh, advance and it'll be the Kings and the Pelicans at the bottom but now that the Kings have well technically they don't have the tiebreaker over New Orleans because both teams are one and one against each other but either way the Pelicans are at the bottom of the bubble and that's not where they expected to be to be fair it's not where we expected the Kings to be either but alas here we are but the Kings have the bragging rights they finally got the win over New Orleans there's so much to talk about in this game we can dive into the fact that the Kings got off to another fantastic start offensively in this first quarter now defensively there still were some negatives and I'm going to sprinkle in some audio here from Luke Walton from De'Aaron Fox and from the uh, the MVP of this game uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich as he had a career game and we'll talk about that at some point here in the podcast but offensively we'll start with a negative or rather defensively we'll start with a negative the Kings weren't great in the first quarter now they did score 49 points and had a 10 point lead going into the second quarter but they still gave up 39 so nearly their third uh, out of four games in the Orlando bubble that they gave up 40 plus points and even though they didn't get to the 40 point uh, point threshold 39 and a quarter is still just way too much but Sacramento basically employed the Houston Rockets style of thinking and style of play which is we're not going to play much defense we're just going to straight up outscore you and Sacramento did that shooting 75% from three-point range in the first quarter over 70% overall from the field like I mentioned 49 uh, first quarter points an amazing start and Bogdan Bogdanovich was just red hot not just in that first quarter but especially coming out of the gate but throughout this entire game bogey going off for a career high 35 points let's hear from luke walton really quick as he talks about uh, the defense not being where it needs to be we'll get the negative out of the way and then we'll celebrate the positive for the remainder of this pod you know the message to the guys was whatever team decides to uh, to start playing defense first is going to really give them give themselves a a good chance of winning the game um and i I know that that's a that's a good talented team um but the the defense out there wasn't where it needed to be um but overall i I thought the the focus level following the game plan uh was pretty solid by our group for for three of the four quarters uh and i'm you know pleased with that with with us continuing to fight uh you know even being out here in a, in a tough situation losing the first three and, and showing up and giving that type of effort again uh, a lot of credit to our guys 
One of the things I know Kings fans love about Bogdan Bogdanovich, there's a lot of things to love about the guy and how hard he works and how hard he plays, but Bogey cares more about winning than he does about stats, and he was off to an amazing start. He was 5 of 5, a perfect 5 of 5 from three-point range, until the very last second of the first quarter when he heaved up a half-court shot to try and beat the buzzer. Didn't give a damn about his stats, didn't give a damn about his perfect shooting percentage. He was going to try and get one more bucket and get the Kings to break 50. Unfortunately, he missed the shot, but that's that just speaks to the kind of player that Bogdan Bogdanovich is. And Bogey said that he had to turn up the heat a little bit for national TV. I did the same thing, honestly. I did it every day. This is one of the nights uh, I was hot and the other night was not. So it might be because uh, we were on the national TV. It might be that, you know, so I had to heat it up a little bit. Bogey shared that he felt that there was pressure on him. He had put pressure on himself after the horrible shooting game that he had against Dallas going 1 of 15 or 1 of 16. I can't remember exactly what the number was. It was a very forgettable night shooting performance-wise for Bogey. So he put pressure on himself to come out and respond. He did just that, and he speaks to how much he likes that pressure. I think it can happen to everybody, you know, and um, I was just maybe a little bit more mentally locked in than, uh, you know, I... Before the game against Dallas, I did all the same thing I did today. I didn't change my routine at all. Uh, I got in the gym as well as I do every every uh, every other time. Uh, I got my shots. I stick to my routine. Uh, and that's honestly all. I mean, uh, sometimes you're going to have bad nights, and maybe that's what uh, was driving me a little bit more, you know, that you know, putting the pressure on me uh, a little bit. I, li- I like the pressure. And I think uh, when you have a pressure, you, uh, when I have a pressure, I think I react well. And uh, I always have to have that in my mind, I think. And it wasn't just the fact that Bogey was on fire hitting shots early. It was the shots that he was getting from multiple runners in the lane to using his outside shot, which he established immediately, hitting two three-pointers in the first couple of minutes, using that to establish his inside game, running off of screens, uh, pulling up off the dribble. Bogey showcased all of his offensive ability, not just in one quarter, but throughout this game and really gave the defense of the New Orleans Pelicans fits. Bogey spoke about the unselfishness of this team. And you're also going to hear De'Aaron Fox a little later talk about this team's unselfishness. But Bogey spoke about how he used his game to open up the games and opportunities of his teammates, including De'Aaron Fox and the Kings Bigs. Whenever I was open, I I was decisive. I took my shot. I scored. I didn't miss, I think, first couple shots. And then they start trapping me. I saw a lot of space for the big guys. And I tell them, hey, now it's your time, you know, and and then I talk with the Fox, hey, uh, Holiday is on me. Like, he stopped blocking. He's not helping. So you got all the space now. It's your time. That's how he got hot. And that's, that's when, I'm, when, I'm, when I talk about it, that's how we have to play. I mean, that's, that's how all these uh, big teams are playing. It's high IQ basketball, and uh, uh, that's how you get these things easy, you know. And uh, I'm glad we have a, I have a teammates that they understand the, uh, the way we want to play. It makes so much things easier for me and for everyone else. You can see the confidence that Bogey had right out of the gate on full display, using that to open up his teammates' game. De'Aaron Fox says that this Kings roster is filled with guys that want to see each other succeed. And Fox shared with us a moment that happened in this game, kind of a cool moment, that shows the unselfishness not just of Bogdanovich, but of this team as a whole. We like seeing others succeed. So although Bogey... 
think at one point had 32 or 33. I'm like running out the way to get out of his way because he has a big on him and he throws it back to me. And it's like, uh, but it's always great to have guys like that. Like, obviously, you know, we, we, we know we have a lot of guys on the team that can put the ball in the basket, but um, when you have guys like that and then, you know, they care about each other, I think it makes the game easier for others. I have to talk about the game that De'Aaron Fox had because he was right behind Bogey in terms of scoring, also did a great job facilitating the offense and distributing the ball. The Kings' assist-to-turnover ratio in this game was phenomenal. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Also, of course, I have to talk about uh, the game that Zion Williamson had the first time we saw the Kings take on Zion, and of course the Kings got the better end of that deal. But continuing with the conversation about Bogdan Bogdanovich and his fantastic game, Bogey fired me up after the game talking about his style of basketball. My, my style of playing is winning basketball, and that's what everyone knows. I don't have to talk about it. The, the second thing, uh, we are all trying as a team you know, get, to get in the playoffs. Uh, we all know what we have to do and what needs to happen. Uh, we are getting closer, step by step. We miss a uh, couple chances already three of them, let's say, uh, or two, let's be real. Um, we lost, we blew that game against Orlando. We have two really good games against Dallas and San Antonio. We could win at least one, but this is what it is. That's basketball. Um, some teams are hot. Some teams are um, going to get hot, you know, and um, this is NBA and um, you got to be ready for it. That's it. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is sponsored by our great friends from Rock Auto. Buying car parts is really difficult. There's way too many makes, way too many models, and now it's really impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in any traditional chain storefront. Instead of enduring the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Obviously, it's all about taking care of your car, but saving money where you can so you can use it for other important things like your mortgage or your food. Instead of spending 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store, use rockauto.com right now and you'll have complete access to the best deals and a wide range of parts right there at your fingertips. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're all reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing the prices based off of what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody, and it does not require memberships or account login. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So Bogdan Bogdanovich goes off for a career-high 35 points, including a career-high 6 of 9 from 3-point range to lead the Kings to their first victory here in the Orlando bubble. But right behind him was the stellar play of De'Aaron Fox, who in 37 minutes, the same amount of minutes that Bogies played, he scored 30 points and also dished out 10 assists, not to mention three steals that he got as well on the defensive end of the floor. De'Aaron Fox was very active in this game, was fantastic. The second leading scorer of the game, of course, behind Bogey, and he did so feeling like he was in cruise control, and I don't mean that as he was taking plays off. It just felt like it was a natural 30-point game from De'Aaron Fox, and I mean that in the best of ways 
possible. If De'Aaron is naturally cruising his way to a 30-point, 10-assist performance, you know you're feeling good. Now, all the attention was on Bogdanovich for the game that he was having, and rightfully so. Just like all of our attention was on De'Aaron Fox when he scored 39 points in the loss in the opener against the San Antonio Spurs. But it was I got to a point in this game where I think it was early on in the third quarter, De'Aaron Fox scored a bucket and had 20-something points, and the little score bug came up showing how many points he had, and I shook my head going, De'Aaron Fox has how many points? De'Aaron Fox is having how good of a game? I mean, he just cruised his way to a very solid performance, and I tell you what, he is on a one-way street or one-way track to the All-Star game next season. I truly believe De'Aaron Fox will be an All-Star in 2021. He is doing all the right things. He's had a fantastic bubble. He is playing out of his mind right now. And his game, paired with Bogdanovich's game, was more than enough for the Kings to get this victory again. The final score, 140-125. to 125. But just as I was impressed by his 30 points, I was equally impressed with his 10 assists. So I decided to ask him about it, as the Kings' assist-to-turnover ratio in this game was amazing. 26 assists, only eight turnovers. The only thing that could have been better is if the Kings broke 30 assists, but eight turnovers is phenomenal in any NBA game that you play, especially for a team in the Kings who likes to play a a fast-paced, up-and-down style. By the way, the Kings shot 53.8% from the field as a team in this game and 48.5% from three-point range. They hit a whopping 16 of 33 three-pointers. Like I mentioned, getting out in transition. uh, Only four fast break points as the Pelicans did a good job getting back, but the Kings were still pushing the tempo and scoring quickly, and that was reflected in the game that they played. And the point totals, the fact that they scored 140 points uh, in regulation is just absolutely absurd. Uh, But De'Aaron was pushing the tempo. He was distributing. He was also scoring. He did it all. And after the game, I asked him about that fantastic assist-to-turnover ratio, and I should not be surprised at all, even though I was a little bit, that De'Aaron did talk about the positives of that, but immediately took the opportunity to take a little bit of accountability. I mean, I think I had half the turnovers. So, uh, but yeah, it's great as a team. Um, knowing that we share the ball that way, uh, sometimes we know that our offense gets stagnant. And um, I think today that was one of our focuses. Um, we actually, with the, with the group, we watched film yesterday and um, we just watched all offensive clips and we noticed how stagnant it was, and that was one of our point of emphasis today. And I think we did a we did a great job at it. But um, we got to keep building on it, and uh, you know, bring that into tomorrow. Fox is being a little bit modest. He had three turnovers, not four, so he did not quite have half of the Kings' turnovers. But hey, ten assists to three turnovers from your point guard, I will take that any day of the week. Of course, De'Aaron would take ten assists and no turnovers. And honestly, in this game, he should have had 12 to 13 assists. Uh, Just a couple of shots would not drop for Sacramento, a few of them in and out. So he got robbed of a couple of assists, but he doesn't care. A 30-point, 10-assist double-double for him, and ultimately a win for Sacramento. I tweeted out early in this game that when Bogdan Bogdanovich was absolutely going off and off to that incredible start in the first quarter, I said that as good as that start was, the Kings couldn't just rely on Bogey and Fox to carry them to a win. Other guys were going to have to step step up, and I was looking at Rashawn Holmes and Harrison Barnes specifically. Harrison had a fantastic game, his best game in the bubble by far, 22 points and 6 rebounds in 34 minutes. Luke Walton talks about how Harrison is finally showing and getting back to himself. You know, that's the most Harrison's looked, looked like himself in like I said yesterday, we're 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 a team that's at our best when kind of we're getting contributions uh, from 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 everywhere, and that's you know where we're we're at as a group right now. 
and you know Harrison's always steady and he's always going to lead the guys no matter how he's playing but uh, he, he looked uh, you know he, he looked a little more uh, a little more himself uh, as far as just get, having his legs under him his wind uh, his defense things like that were all uh, uh, were all a little a little more normal. Fox talks about the play of both Barnes and Rashawn Holmes and how important they are to the team's success. Oh, it's big for us. I mean, defensively, we know, uh, you know, Harrison, he's always guarding teams, you know, star wing type player. And, and Rashawn is, you know, one of his, our anchor. Um, it's big for us when those two guys are playing, playing well, both offensively and defensively. Uh, it opens up everything. Um, you know, Rashawn's a dynamic roller. He's a, he's a really good uh, defender in the pick and roll. Um, he's a really good help defender. Uh, he does all that for us. He does, the, he does basically dirty work for us. And um, we know how versatile Harrison is for us. So when those two guys are clicking, uh, it makes the whole team better. Rashawn Holmes didn't have a bad box score and final stat line by any means, but I feel that his box score and his stat line didn't appropriately reveal or represent the great game that he had. His final numbers in 32 minutes, he finished with eight points, uh, five rebounds, a couple assists, and a couple of steals, also four personal fouls. But him staying out of foul trouble after fouling out in two of the first three uh, games of the bubble was huge for the Kings. He really looks like he's finally getting his legs back. You heard Doug Christie, if you watch the game on TV, talk a lot about his vertical game and vertical play and how that opens up things uh, for the Kings' offense around the rim. So he looks like he's finally getting his touch and timing down around the basket. His aggressiveness on the defensive end. He was great. Also did, uh, I thought, a pretty good job helping against Zion. And we still have to talk about Zion's game because statistically Zion did well, but he didn't kill the Kings and nobody really on the Pelicans killed the Kings. And Rashawn Holmes is largely responsible uh, for a lot of that. Bogdanovich, sticking with the theme of unselfishness, talked about his teammates and how they all contributed to this win. Like I said, the first game we need to help him more, you know, and uh, he was he was a big part of this win today too, and rest of the guys as well. Like uh, uh, I was hot, they were uh, giving me open looks, you know, a lot of them, and um, they were keep looking for me. And then when they start uh, playing more aggressively on me, it opens up for another guys, and that's what we want to play, you know. And, I think we, we really have a had a nice nice game offensively. There is a lot of a lot of improvements in defense as well, and we're gonna work on it. But tomorrow it's a back-to-back game for us, and we gotta be locked in and ready for another one tomorrow. I didn't make it very clear there at the beginning of that clip. He was talking about the play of De'Aaron Fox, how good of a game that he had, talking about how the team needed to help him more in that 39-point performance when he led the Kings basically by himself uh, in the opener against the San Antonio Spurs. So, bogey. Great game for him. Fox, great game for him. Barnes and Holmes stepped up as well. Kent Bazemore, fantastic off the bench. We do have to talk briefly about Buddy Heald, but only in a positive way. Buddy only played 11 minutes in this game. Went 1-5 of five from the field, 1-4 of four from three-point range, only had three points. Uh, did not play a lot, but that's because... The Kings elected to stick with the hot hand in Bogdan Bogdanovich to play 37 minutes. And then off of the bench, he brought in guys uh, like Corey Joseph and Bazemore uh, and even Daquan Jeffries for eight minutes for more defensive purposes than anything else. We know Buddy has been very vocal in the past about not playing in the playing time that he wish he had more of, particularly in the fourth quarter. So I was very pleased to see Buddy active on the bench, up rooting for his teammates, cheering on threes. Buddy Heald is a fantastic teammate. Even though he said some things that may suggest otherwise earlier this season, of course he wants his minutes, of course he wants his shots, of course he wants his money, which he got. 
but Buddy is still a good teammate. He's loved in that locker room. He loves his guys. Bogey is one of his closest friends, and you can see that, and it's just with how they interact both on and off the floor. So I can tell you, without even being there and speaking to Buddy Heald, that he was probably the one that was most thrilled out of anybody in the Kings organization to see Bogey have the game that he had. I'll mention Zion briefly, 24 points for him on 10 of 12 shooting, only played 22 minutes as he's still easing his way back in. Zion got what he wanted around the rim, had a great shooting percentage like I just listed off there, but I felt defensively the Kings did about as well as expected. At at no point did he dominate in this game and really take over this game, which was a real concern heading into it. I was worried about who in the world was going to match up with him, and it really was defense by committee. You saw Alex Len uh, get some time to play against him. Like I mentioned, I thought uh, Rashawn Holmes did well when he helped out against him. Uh, We had some moments of Harrison Barnes on him. Even Kent Bazemore got some run against him. And then Nemanja Bjelica, who was back in the starting lineup, only played 16 minutes but scored 11 points. He had a crazy block in this game, not on Zion, but he even got some time defensively as well. So overall, even though Zion scored 24 points and shot 10 of 12 from the field, I was pleased with the Kings' defensive effort on him. Brandon Ingram also had a nice game for the Pelicans, scoring 24 points. A lot of those points came in the fourth quarter, so he was never really able to get going either. So the Kings now turn their attention to the Brooklyn Nets, a very winnable game. I'm not going to predict a win or anything like that. The Kings needed to prove to me, needed to prove to themselves, and needed to prove to everyone that they are they belong here in the bubble. They are capable of getting a win. Now they have done that, and it's all about building off of it. Luke Walton wants this team to learn from everything, successes and failures. He emphasized building off of this win and turning the attentions to Brooklyn tomorrow night. You know, to kind of finally get over the hump and get that first win is a good feeling for our guys. But we also talked about we got to, we, you know, this doesn't matter at all if we don't show up tomorrow with the same type of mentality and, you know, on the back to back. Uh, you know where we put ourselves now. We gotta, we gotta make sure that uh, we 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 get one tomorrow too. I'm reluctantly going to talk a little bit here about the playoff race in the Western Conference. Ultimately, that's still why the Kings are there. Uh, They still have a very tough hill to climb. Had they have lost this game today, it would have been basically over and they would have played four games just for the sake of of playing these four to develop for next season. Uh, But technically, they are still in it. Now, they're going to need a lot of help. And unfortunately, they didn't get any from the Indiana Pacers today as the Suns defeated the Pacers 114 to 99. So the Suns are now four and oh in the Orlando bubble so good for them good for Devin Booker DeAndre Ayton head coach Monty Williams Uh, they're playing very well so they continue to be above the Kings in the standings the Kings and Pelicans uh, are now even Uh, but they've made up a little bit of ground on the Memphis Grizzlies and they need some help from the Denver Nuggets tonight the Nuggets are still without Jamal Murray and Will Barton uh, so they are not favored against the Portland Trailblazers in this game this evening I don't know if you already know the final score if the game is already starting at the time that you're listening Uh, to this podcast, but at the time of recording at 3.30 in the afternoon Pacific time, that game has yet to tip off, uh, and obviously the Kings need a lot of help there. Also, some bad news uh, for tomorrow. Not the Kings game against the Brooklyn Nets, uh, but the Jazz game against the San Antonio Spurs. The Jazz are going to be very, and I mean very shorthanded, as they're sitting four 
starters, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and Royce O'Neal. So uh, unless the Spurs really fall apart, they should be winning that game, which of course makes things difficult uh, for Sacramento. Also, Tim Maxwell, Sacktown Royalty, uh, did a fantastic job um, posting, just giving you an idea in order for the Kings to catch uh, one of the two teams that are currently in the 8th and ninth seeds, which is Portland uh, and Memphis, this is what needs to happen. If Portland goes 5-0, and 4-1, and or 3-2, and including tonight's game, in their final five, the Kings are, are out. They cannot catch the Trailblazers. If the Blazers go 2-3, and the Kings have to go 4-0 and to catch them. If Portland goes 1-4, and four, the, things have, uh, the Kings have to go 3-1. and one. And if Portland goes 0-5, oh the Kings have to go 2-2. Two and two. And I don't mean catch them as in equal them. I mean getting one more win than them to take that spot away. As for the Memphis Grizzlies, if the Grizzlies go 4-0, 3-1, oh, or 2-2, two two, uh, the Kings cannot catch Memphis. If Memphis goes 1-3, and three, the Kings have to go 4-0. Oh, and if Memphis goes 0-4, oh, which is very, very possible with how they're playing and their current injuries, uh, the Kings have to go 3-1. But either way... Sacramento has a tough hill ahead of them. At worst, they can go 2-2 two and two and make it in, but that requires Portland to go 0-5. Oh That's probably not happening. De'Aaron Fox spoke after the game about paying attention to the Western Conference standings and how the team still has hope. Obviously, you know, you're always looking at the standings, seeing, you know, if a team drops this or if we win this, what happens. So um, at the end of the day, like I said before, man, we control our own fate. Um but we just we can't worry about anybody but ourselves. And knowing that we got this win, it throws us right back in the in, in the uh, contentions of getting you know one of those last playoff spots. More from Fox on the playoff race. I think the pressure's still on. I mean, we're still a little bit behind. Um, obviously, we know if we drop this game, um, you know, it puts the Pelicans ahead of us, uh, and we just drop you know very far behind. So we knew that this was a must win. Um, and I think we came in here, we handled business, and it just keeps giving every 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 win gives us, you know, a little bit more hope. So um, we definitely needed this game. We got it. And, um, I mean, we have to let go of this and focus on the Nets. And finally, head coach Luke Walton talks about everything that this Kings team has overcome throughout this extended season, from injuries to COVID-19 to a rough start in the bubble. He has confidence in his guys. And he talks about clearing the hurdle and getting this first win. We've had our fair share of struggles this season. And, uh, and every time we have, our, our group has uh, found a, a way to, to fight and scrap its way out of it. So uh, I, had all, you know, I have all the confidence uh, in the world that our team's going to keep playing hard. I mean, you look at, you take the Orlando game out. We were, we were awful that day. But, you know, the San Antonio game, we, we played well enough to give ourselves a chance to win. Mar took over down the stretch, you know, and, and Dallas, we played well enough to win. And, and, and then we didn't make plays down the stretch and we put them on the foul line 50 times. So it's not like all of a sudden we just put this one crazy game together. We've been playing some pretty good basketball and now we just finally got over that hurdle of getting the first win. So I want to hear from you. How are you feeling after this Kings win of the New Orleans Pelicans? Of course, they have one more meeting against the Pelicans, and I'm a little nervous about that game. Not that I don't think the Kings could win that game, but I expect a response from New Orleans after giving up 49 points in the first quarter and ultimately losing to the Kings. Even if they're out of it, I expect them to fight for pride purposes, if nothing else. So that game will be big. Of course, the big game tomorrow uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. How you feeling? Let me know. Are you celebrating? Are you cautiously optimistic? Are you still doom and gloom? Are you thinking about the playoff chances? Are you just taking it one game at a time like Luke Walton and the rest of the Kings say that they are? 
let me know. Reach me via Twitter, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Email me, or rather tweet me publicly or DM me privately. Or you can email me if you're not on Twitter, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Appreciate you joining me today. It's been fun to be in a good, positive mood. I like it. The king should win more. I think that would solve all of our problems, right? Until next time, my name is Matt George. We'll be back tomorrow for the Friday edition of the Locked on Kings podcast following uh, the Kings and Nets game. So I hope you enjoy that. I will be active uh, on Twitter there so you can interact with me during the game, ask questions, just talk, things like that. Also, as always, I'll be hosting Sacramento Kings pregame on Sports 1140 KHDK, the flagship radio station of the Kings in Sacramento, AM 1140 if you're local or listen on KHDK.com or by downloading the KHDK app. I will be on, I believe, noon to 1.30 uh, for you to uh, get you ready for the, the Kings and the Nets. So join me for that, please. You can call in and text in uh, there and interact with me in that way. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.